0: Is gonna
1: come.
2: See that you actually are a leader.
1: I <laughs> was with Nike for a very long time and built my career in retail.
0: You know, I think uh, this podcast just got its first exclusive.
1: Being an entrepreneur is hard. The highs are really high and then the lows are really low. That I'm actually really
2: interested in hearing more
1: about. Can you talk to us a little bit about what it's like transitioning verticals?
2: Being open
1: to opportunity.
0: I feel like, okay, like if not now, then when?
1: Come. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Motivated Podcast. I am so glad to be here with my amazing co-host, Pablo Henderson. My name is Dahlia Strom. I teach marketing at the Fashion Institute of Technology, and I also work with Fortune 500 companies, and I bridge the gap with startups and entrepreneurs. Pablo, welcome. Nice to see you.
2: Thank you, Dahlia. Pablo Henderson, VP of Marketing at Equinox Hotel and Dahlia's co-host for Motivated Podcast. And today we are joined by Jason Schulweis, Head of Partnerships and Integrated Marketing at Morning Brew. Jason, welcome.
0: Uh, thank you so much for having me. It's uh, it's an honor to be here. I'm really excited. We're excited for
1: so, you too. Thanks for being here.
0: <laughs> of course. We're,
2: we're gonna talk about connecting the dots at some stage in this conversation but I'm having a, a weird connecting the dots thing with the University of Michigan this week. Because, okay. Because you are now, I started my week off with a University of Michigan story, and I'm ending my week with the University of Michigan story. Uh, that's your alma mater, right?
0: That is my alma mater.
2: I started off my week, and... Uh, I saw this piece of content, which I hadn't seen before. And by the way, I have to preface this, which with the fact that I'm not an American football, basketball or baseball fan. And it was uh, this leadership clip about um, Tom Brady um, being uh, the captain of the team and the responsibility that he, he felt in being a, a captain and what that meant and showing up and around effort. Then midweek, I'm watching my soccer highlights And they bring on this this basketball player from the Miami Heat. um, uh, Gosh, what was his name? Robinson, Duncan Robinson, who went to the University of Michigan. And he was talking about what it's like to be in a flow state. So they were asking this American basketball player to talk about soccer. And he's like, basically, flow state is a universal concept. There's like a type of communication that happens that goes beyond you know, body language or what's being communicated on the field, it just happens automatically. And then I'm speaking to you this week and you're a University of Michigan um, um, alumni, alumnus, so that's my little connecting these three dots and I have a feeling it's gonna lead to something very motivating and inspiring this week. So no pressure, (laughs) you just have to follow Tom Brady and Duncan Robinson and you're in good shape. (laughs)
0: I was gonna say I I don't I don't know that I ever thought I would be included in the same uh, in the same grouping as those two but but wow uh, thank you I, I I hope I don't disappoint no thank pressure. you for setting the bar so high I will do what I can
1: no pressure no pressure <laughs> um you know it's funny. I feel like I know you, Jason, you join me often for these like email marketing sessions and we talk so much about the logistics, but I feel like we just, we should kick this off by getting to know you a little bit better. So, so give us a little bit of your background. How did you decide to, that this was going to be part of your journey? And ultimately, how did you end up as head of partnerships in Morning Brew?
0: Yeah. Um, so I'll, I'll actually, I'll go through my story really quickly. Um, so I, I, you know, I graduated in 2008. Not a great time to be graduating and looking for a job. I got an unpaid internship at this amazing agency called Deep Focus, and fell in love with digital media. But I had no idea that that's what I wanted to do. I was a psych and poli sci major. But hey, um, you know, one thing led to another. Um, ended up then working at Yahoo for three and a half years in a couple of different roles in sales and account management and integrated marketing. Um, From there, went to Thrillist Media Group, um, did a bunch of integrated marketing there for a couple of years. From there, went to Live Nation Entertainment, uh, ran an integrated marketing team for two and a half years. From there, went to MediaLink for about two and a half years as well. Did a lot of sales strategy work, but allowed me to kind of like take a step back and understand and put into context my career and experience and really get a completely different look at the industry. And one of the kind of companies that I was looking at that was new and cool. And I like kind of wanted to, you know, bring on as a client was morning brew and I loved the product. I thought that this is amazing. Um, and around the same time, a friend of mine from Michigan who knew Alex from Michigan, um, connected us, connected those dots. Um, we got drinks and I started to talk about, you know, how I saw the future of media, and um, you know what my career was like, and they were looking for a head of brand partnerships role. And a lot of the times, you know, heads of brand partnerships and CROs take a you know a path kind of up through sales pretty exclusively. Um, and my story was more: well, if we want to take you know this from newsletter company to media company. The the sales org or revenue org is going to consist of more departments than you know other than just sales, and so you know if you look at the Morning Brew revenue org where we are today, I oversee brand partnerships or sales, account management, integrated marketing and creative, and so you know at different times I've kind of touched each of those different departments, um, and I think it it kind of made for a really good story for you know for why my background was actually a very interesting opportunity to fill a role like that um and you know when when alex and i were talking he kind of agreed and you know one thing led to another i've been there almost two years the team you know the company has gone from 20 people to 90 people um and the revenue work has gone from three to 35.
1: wow
2: what is the difference between a newsletter company and a media company like if you if you had to Explain that to the layperson.
0: Absolutely. Um, so, you know, Morning Brew was a newsletter company and relied very much on email. Um, and when I say, you know, the last year and a half, last few years, we launched additional you know, newsletter products. And so it went from, you know, one newsletter to many newsletters, and then we launched a podcast. And so we started to diversify our media offerings and where we are today is we are doing virtual events, we are doing editorial content, my team is producing a lot of branded content. And so we now look really, you know, like a media company, we've got products and content that exist cross platforms, cross mediums. Um, And it's, it's been like a very interesting kind of move. And I think starting as a newsletter company and being able to go that way is so powerful, because there are a lot of big media companies that are now trying to start newsletters. And some are seeing success, but a lot are not. And because from day one, we owned this relationship, this like one-to-one relationship with our audience, I call that kind of like you know, delivered media where it is that one-to-one, we were able to take that, really understand what worked, got direct feedback from our audience and kept kind of like building out from there so that we can satisfy their learnings and their entertainment and their education in a number of different ways, but really just kind of like all following that that original North Star of that owned relationship with the audience.
1: You said something important. You said that you went for drinks and that was the origin of how you ended up at Morning Brew. And I think it's so funny. There have been a lot of discussions around this on Clubhouse. I'm gonna give a lot of people credit, um, like, Literally, there we're talking about the law of attraction versus action, and mm-hmm. I'm curious, from your perspective, what motivated you to a connect with Alex, and then also how did that transition to a job? Like people yeah. really struggle with this. Just because we're having drinks doesn't mean it actually transitions to an actual job.
0: Yeah. So the person, so the person who connected us is someone I trust and have you know have worked actually worked with at a couple of different uh nonprofits um he's he's also a, you know a vp at blackrock and he was like you need to meet him you will like you would get along something special is going to happen and if someone i trust like says that then i'm like this is this is awesome and i like i'm also a such an extrovert so any opportunity i get to to talk to people and meet someone new and network like i'm all about that um And so it was a cool opportunity. I was already impressed with what Morning Brew was doing, and so it was a good learning experience for me. Um, Part of it was like maybe I can get them on as a client. Um, You know, part of it was this guy is just super impressive. You know, he's he's much younger than me, but has this incredible vision and is so articulate and is so wise beyond his years. It was just a cool opportunity, you know, for me. And we didn't go into it like it wasn't an interview you know, it was a conversation. He kind of also wanted to pick my brand about, you know, media companies and the evolution of media companies and the type of person for, you know, that could fill this brand partner, head of brand partnerships kind of role. Um, and, you know, one thing kind of led to another where it kind of clicked where then we started talking about that role specifically. Um, and so it was a very organic, conversation and evolution that got us from just meeting each other and you know kind of shooting the shit sorry if we need to cut that out um uh but you know it kind of got us from there to wait there is this role you might be the perfect person let's keep having that conversation um, that
2: reminds me of a conversation we just had about networking and the and having a dynamic network because you live a rich life and so the idea of being on a non, working in this nonprofit right and doing work outside of your primary career and, and developing relationships that are built off trust, not just in the professional arena but in multiple areas, leads to a more dynamic level of relationship. And so a lot of people take a one-dimensional approach to networking I'm doing air quotation marks right now um, as opposed to building a network or support group and it sounds like this other person was that because there were other layers or connections and you know they' in just hearing that story there were three connection points <laughs> that were happening there from having worked together previously there was the Michigan connection there was the and obviously there was a social aspect to it too and the nonprofit piece so you know, how do you foster relationships that are not just one dimensional, I think is is a key component to making that happen.
0: I I love, so I love that you said that for a number of reasons. And one of them is the the fact that we started talking about connecting dots is something that like I love. But the other thing that I love talking about is collecting dots and how important that is. And I view that as people, like expanding your network and not just, not just in media, just like meeting interesting people, Um, you know, and you, you never know by collecting those, you know, people and dots, you never know ultimately how those are going to connect, you know, for you. But the other thing is really like collecting experiences. And so, you know, for me, having some of those experiences be in, you know, some nonprofit work, having, you know, experiences in, you know, when I was in sales, like being also, you know, experienced and comfortable in in networking and understanding, you know, how to have, you know, very productive and and fruitful kinds of conversations and, you know, kind of like get deep with people and really, you know, have those kinds of conversations. And, um, you know, even like the, the work, my career and some of the things that I had done, like, you know, it wasn't completely linear. Like, you know, there is a common thread, in you know all kind of like sales strategy and revenue generation but there's kind of different you know a couple of different things and even the last thing that i did prior to morning brew at media link there was so much interesting exposure to all different kinds of media and i had to learn how to think differently and strategically and develop a narrative on a, like a very thoughtful and kind of like expert level narrative on my view of media and how to advise existing media companies on how they can change and all those kinds of things. And all of that kind of came to fruition, you know, at the right time in the right moment, when I was talking to Alex about like the role and how Morning Brew can continue to evolve.
1: You said something important, you just said how to network and, and how to have meaningful and intentional conversations. I think about the verbiage that we use all the time, even right down to when we're having conversations. And I'm just curious, at any point, did you use verbiage like, I'm looking for my next gig or I'm interested in exploring opportunities? Like, how can we be more intentional with our verbiage?
0: I want to say that as it became clear that there might be an opportunity, you know, I'm, I'm sure I started to adjust my way of thinking in letting Alex know that that is something that I could, I could, and would be interested in pursuing. Um, but it wasn't necess- you know, it, we didn't go into that saying like, you know, yes, I am open, you know, no, I am not. I think, you know, a lot of the times good things will happen a little serendipitously. And I, I lo- I'm such a huge fan of the quote, um, by Louis Pasteur, which is, you know, chance favors the prepared mind. Um, and so, you know, I think mentally I was prepared, starting like getting prepared during the conversation to like have that conversation, should it come up, you know, during the meeting. Um, but I was equally as prepared just to have that be a really interesting conversation where I can meet someone new, exchange ideas, kind of like share a bit of expertise. And so he could, he would view me as someone who, you know, is knowledgeable and a good person to know, you know, in media.
2: I read an interesting um, thought piece that you put together. I think it was after your first six months or one year on the job. And you talked about they had adopted the EOS model, um, um, vision, people, data, issues, process, traction. Obviously um, the people strategy was coming together because obviously they hired you. Can you tell us a little bit about the traction piece uh because i i was unfamiliar with this actually until i read it and then i did a little bit of digging but i'd be curious if uh if you could kind of educate us a little bit more about what that word traction means to you
0: yeah um i mean i i think in the in the book it means uh a, a few a few things um and we you know we we used to go through that um you know pretty regularly and to you know for me to me Um, this may differ from what the, you know, the current definition in the book is, um, but traction is really when a lot of those things all come together and you don't, and I think especially at a startup, you don't know, or I guess like, right. The expression is being able to see the forest to the trees. And I think there's like a lot of trees, um, you know, when you're starting and especially as you go through that book, there is, you know, each chapter you focus on a certain thing, maybe it's people, then it's your vision statements, et cetera. And then as you start to put those pieces together, you start to see kind of like, you know, magic happen. And the, the thing that I think where it really came together for me was during the part of that, where we had to identify what our three uniques were. And we, we viewed that separately. So I came up with my three uniques for what like the revenue uniques were. And you know, the content side of the house came up with what theirs were as well. And, You know, to me, I thought one is, you know, partnerships and that word gets thrown around, I think a lot. Um, But I think when given the right amount of, you know, care and focus, it can really matter. And that's why we call our sales team brand partnerships. And it was from day one, I wanted our sales team to, to be good partners. I wanted every single person that we worked with to like working with us and trust us and that over time that's something that would pay off and i think that is something that did really pay off during you know over the last year we had most of our partners we went through really hard times with them but they trusted us and they supported us and we were able to work with them and as a result you know we didn't have to lay anyone off we didn't do furloughs lows we didn't do salary reductions um and you know in fact kind of thrived um, we have a focus on quality, um, and I think very different than a lot of you know interesting media and buzzwords like programmatic and you know all these kinds of things. And that that's great if that's something that you're looking to do, but that's not us. You know, every single advertisement that shows up in Morning Brew is goes through our creative team, and we work hand in hand with our brand partners to translate their messaging, their products, their services. Into that, like you know, morning brew tone and voice, and so there is like you know, there's a really big component of quality control, um, so that when people are reading, our readers are reading, that the ads are all really, really good as well. And when we they come across across as a recommendation, you know, it's it, it's still in our voice. Um, and then the last thing is results. Like we could we could do both of those other things really, really well, but if you know the content didn't perform, no one would come back. And so we've seen the manifestation of those three things kind of like working in tandem as, you know, as a result, like we have the right people in the right seats. Like we have a lot of those other components that we've, you know, from the book, um, and that, you know, the, the manifestation of those three things is just really like the coolest moment to just remember that, you know, we we've done a lot to get to this point.
1: So. While we're talking about this and we're talking about how you guys are actually thriving right now, you have teams of people that you're working with and managing. And I would assume that the very beginning of the pandemic was probably really hard. And even now, like as you guys are thriving, you're growing. I'm assuming you're growing pretty quickly. Like, how are you guys staying motivated and energized by everything that's happening? It's probably like a roller coaster of emotions.
0: It is very much a roller coaster of emotions. Um, I will say we we did uh, very safely had an outdoor gathering uh, last night um, with masks, and everyone was very safe. But one of the I think the the motivating components and where I got a lot of energy was actually getting to like see and talk to you know the team again. Um, and we've made it such a point to hire people who are nice and smart and really passionate about what they do and that energy in real life is very hard to replicate um i think we've done a really good job at replicate trying to replicate that though over the last year um i think hiring is a big component because we you know if you have continually great people come in that that solves like a lot of challenges um you know from a communication standpoint from a uh, just really everything standpoint.
2: I just, I just want to ask you about yeah. that specifically because people say, yeah, hire great people. Like, it's like, there's this magic wand that you wave and then go <laughs> yeah. up. Like, what do you actually, what can you do to ensure that you get good people? I've heard you talk about a plus people, how do you, where are they hiding? What do they look like? You know, like, are they? is this a, a unicorn of an employee that you're chasing? Um, or are they around us all the time, and you have a specific lens that you can see to identify them?
0: If there, whew, if there was that magic wand, man, if that if that existed somewhere, that would be awesome. Um, I think I would sleep better. Our hiring process is not short. Um, you know, it is. It's pre, It's it's rather extensive, um, and it's gotten. You know, it's unfortunate. It's gotten a little bit longer. Um, you know, during the pandemic, because we want to make sure that enough people at Morning Brew in different, you know, in different teams and orgs get to meet these people, Um, but also that, you know, these people get to meet a lot of people at Morning Brew. And we want to make sure that there is a threshold that's hit where we know this person, this person knows us, they understand our culture. We understand if they're going to be, you know, not just, um, you know, a culture fit, but really more importantly, a culture ad. Um, And that's like, that's a very important component for us. Um, And so, you know, we, we ask We ask a lot of questions. I mean for me i I also save a lot of time because I like to see what questions they ask. Curiosity is one of the morning brew core values, um, and so hearing how much you know kind of like prep work that someone has done, hearing the kind of questions that they ask me, hearing and feeling their passion for morning brew is so important because you start to you start to see and feel the like the intangibles and the things that you can't teach and the things that you can. Um, and so that, that's been, you know, a, a super huge component and everyone at morning brew is, you know, is kind of like is willing to invest that time, um, you know, to teach and train. Um, but as long as, you know, they are kind of hitting that, that vibe, the, you know, the, the, that kindness, that curiosity, like they're mapping against the morning brew values that has helped us, I think, hire very very well um there is a huge component obviously of making sure that person has done a really good job previously they know really well what we need them to do at morning brew Um, but what we also look to see from them is like what their vision is for morning brew down the road and so you know not even talking through like a 30 60 90 i just hired someone um, and she starts on monday to be our head of creative studio and part of that project was talk to me about like six months, 12 months and 18 months, because if you can look at the morning brew trajectory, I think that's also really important to when you hire someone amazing, they're understanding where morning brew is today, but you know, our rate of change is rapid. And so, you know, seeing how they understand and, you know, can kind of play out the, the, you know, the next, you know, one to two years is also equally as important and that allows us to make sure that we're, you know, investing really well so that we don't, hire someone for now but not for where we're going to be
1: yeah you know you mentioned something really interesting jason about culture and i think about culture a lot how culture impacts the desire to want to be there to want to be your your best self and funny enough i actually want to put this out there to both of you because pablo you also have to manage like a whole culture um within like your teams and and even just like adjusting to what the climate has been. I'd love to hear from both of your perspectives. How do you create a strong culture where people want to be there, where people get excited to go to work every single day?
2: I mean, on my end, I love what Jason said about culture ad versus culture fit. I think this idea of culture fit is the biggest trap in the world. Um uh, oh, are they a cultural fit? Yeah, I get why people say that because they really want people who are going to fit in and not and not negatively disrupt <laughs> the flow, but the idea of a culture ad is somebody that 's going to not is going to protect you from groupthink that 's going to add you know something uh, of value in ways that will make you even more diverse and whatever that means. So I love that you said that for me, the idea of uh, building culture. Uh, starts with uh, some layer of example from, from the leadership that is actually communicated through cultural mores, right? So there are small things, like the meetings start on time or do they start late? That's, that's a type of culture. Or are you kind or are you abusive? <laughs> uh, do, you, um, do you invite dissent, you know, that's one of my favorite things. I invite dissent. I, I, I can tell you that my best people argue with me all the time. Um, and I've looked back and I was trying to make a list of all my best people that have ever worked for me. And I'm like, wow, they were hard to manage because I argued with them all the time. And and that was a good sign. Um,
1: Damn, why don't we argue more, Pablo?
2: Because <laughs> you don't work for me, I work for you, Dahlia. <laughs> Um, and
1: Shay good point
2: (laughs) and and then uh, and then there's the idea of how do you react when somebody has screwed up as an example that's another cultural moray right so all these little things make the culture of the of the place um, but there has to be some layer of purpose and mission and Jason I know that's something that that, you know you're passionate about and um, um, and then and then the final 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 piece uh, which I think you'll agree with me on too, is the idea of um, uh, personal development. If people, if, if it doesn't look like a place where people can can develop, and when I say personal development, I don't mean like they learned to code something new or they, they learned a new skill specifically or they got to get a new bump in their title. I mean truly evolving as a human being during your time there. And that may be something completely extracurricular Uh, so those are my those are my culture tips
0: no i i i honestly i I love and agree with literally everything that you said and it's you know it's something that we talk about a lot and when i interview people they ask what is the morning brew culture and it's like it's a fun thing to dive into but it's so it's a it's a big topic And, you know, I say, like, the culture is good. Let me, you know, let me explain. Um, You know, this idea of dissent, I think, is amazing. And I actually I call that constructive tension. It's like a big thing at Morning Brew is I say, like, this is good. Like, we don't all want to agree like we need to make ideas better and if someone is disagreeing with you it's not you it's like in service of the idea it's in service of the strategy it's like so that you can get different perspectives to make something stronger and better and so like that that is a thing that we talk about often that is part of you know that is part of our culture that there is space to do that and that people at any level feel comfortable speaking up like that contributes to Culture. Um, that you know, when there are points of frustration, like, and especially at a startup, like the company changes every day. The industry changes every day. And so we talk about growing pains and embracing growing pains. Like those are awesome. You want that because if not, you're not growing. And so it's like, I feel like there's so many of these things where it's about creating space, being kind, like. And framing things as early as possible in the positive, so that when those things happen, everyone is on board and like looking in looking in the right direction, and they don't get like frustrated. They don't internalize things. Um, and one of the the biggest, most important things, really, that occurred over the last year is you know this idea of empathy, and that is something that everyone talks about, like, you know, you need to be empathetic in leadership, but I think it's, it is so multidimensional and especially over the last year, like there's so much text-based communication and the way that you write something nine times out of 10 is potentially not the way that someone is reading it. And so we talk about that a lot, like in, when it comes from for people giving feedback or whatever over text is like to you know, receive it empathetically, to think about like the person on the other end, like what they might be going through. And so by encouraging, you know, people to always, you know, think about others and to like almost assume that when you get feedback or you're receiving an email that it is like sent with the best intentions and sent with, you know, sent with kindness and sent for, you know, so that we can all get better together. You start eliminating a lot of people like you know, internalizing things or misreading or misinterpreting, you know, what gets, you know, what gets said. Um, and that's, that's been something that we talk about. I bring it up, like honestly, every couple of weeks in our full team meeting, uh, because I, I struggle with that. Like I have historically been terrible at receiving feedback because I always took it personally. Um, and so like, you know, yeah. Yeah, my I old agree. boss always used to say,
2: Pablo, feedback
0: is a gift.
2: Feedback is a yeah. gift, Pablo. Because I used to take <laughs> feedback so personally. And then and then when I started to think of it as a gift, it changed my entire mindset. I love that. Yeah, I think I think we're the best impersonators and ventriloquists in the world. We don't realize it. Because what we do is we receive something that is in a digital format that has no sound associated with it. And then we read it in the voice of everything we know about the person who sent it even though we have no idea what tone they were using so like i wonder whether when people read my text messages they do a little bit of a pablo impersonation and maybe there's even a little bit of an english accent and a certain tone to it Uh, And and it's funny how the people that I, you know, there's always somebody in the office that you don't enjoy working with, right? It it, it could be a vendor. It doesn't have to be in your office, but there's somebody that you deal with on a regular basis that is just an energy sap. And what will happen is that you'll read their email or their text message in the tone of annoyance of that person's voice instead of reading it in your own voice. That's what I call ventriloquism, right? You're projecting this, this sound out of you that doesn't even belong to you. Um, and we all do it, you know, consciously or, or subconsciously. It's I, terrible, it's one of our worst traits.
0: 100% and it's like, it that has me. only gotten harder. We
1: Pablo's secrets.
0: <laughs> Very true. <laughs> um, but like you that, should see how I read your text so you're slacked,
2: Dahlia. You don't wanna know.
1: I don't wanna know. <laughs>
0: uh, but you know, that that's something that's gotten a lot harder, you know, over the last year because we're not seeing people as much. And, you know, we, we lose some of that voice and interpersonal connection. And like, you know, sometimes it comes down to using a, an exclamation point or a period. And like, we're like, oh, like, you know, it was a period like uh, am I in trouble? Like, you know, if it's like, see you later, period. It's like, if I sent that to someone or put that on someone's calendar, they'd be like, Oh, I'm in trouble. But if I was like, see you later, exclamation point, it's like, Oh, cool. Yeah. Like, you know, we're going to, we'll hang out. <laughs> you know, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's wild.
1: I think to be said about like tonality and just like really being self-aware and most people unfortunately aren't so I think that it it, again it motivates us to think about like how we say things in what context what specific verbiage should we use um and and at a certain point maybe we uh we have a copywriting class
2: no it's like you think about like a half-time speech from a coach or from a a, you know during a time of crisis a state of union speech it all comes down to tone it's not that the words were so dramatic it's how it's delivered it's how how the emotion that's that's uh, that's added that is the motivating factor right there's um, well you know given that this is the motivated podcast um there's i was looking at some um morning brew merch and there's a coffee cup that says rise and grind. Yep. And obviously that's a play off the brew and I get it, but what does rise and grind mean to you?
0: Rise and grind means to me, it's kind of like a, it's, it's, it's carpe diem. You know, it, it's the same, it's the same kind of thing where, and especially at a startup where you are and the way that I internalize that is that, you know, even though I'm, I was not on the founding team, I had an opportunity to, you were number 20. I was number 20. Um, I had an opportunity to build and really affect the trajectory of morning brew and turn this, you know, an org of three people into 35. And that requires like a focus and a belief and yes, smart work, but also a lot of very hard work. And it, it start, you know, it kind of feeds on itself and every day, you know, we were talking earlier about, you know, how do you keep being excited coming to work? Like I have never loved what I do. I've never been more passionate about what I do. I've never been more fulfilled with what I do before I got here. And like rise and grind is, is a lot of hard work, but it's like, it's, it's fun. Like rise and grind can be fun. Like, you know, it doesn't have to be oh, I'm up, you know, I, I got I got to put in the hard work and do it. Like, you know, for us, it's all right. Like there's the this is a new day that we have the opportunity to be a challenger, to help change the media landscape, to help our readers get smarter and to change the way that business news and B2B media is. It's like we have so much opportunity and there's so much excitement and we have so much talent. Like to me, rise and grind is it just means, yeah, it's like carpet, carpet DM, and Blue Ocean, and and all all, all the other, you know, type well, of carpet DM games. is
2: probably a key component of it because without a new day, there isn't a new story, there isn't new news to summarize, there isn't anything. <laughs> there's no new product being created, right?
0: <laughs> well, we uh, yes, and the um, our editorial team though you know has started to create on top of and outside of news cycles. And so we, you know, we have this amazing social first uh, greatest product of all time bracket, like because March madness is going on. Like we've got, I ended, I mean, I, I I had Purell winning my entire bracket, but it's like Google search and Purell and Twitter and it's like four different themed brackets. And we just got, like got people excited. And, um, I think that's a very interesting thing for us is because yes, we talk to people when they start their day and we give them business and finance news and we help them throughout the day, like with our industry newsletters that are, you know, if you're in marketing or retail or emerging tech, and we also, you know, have sidekick, which is our lifestyle one that comes out at five o'clock and that is kind of like the other side, your, your non-business mind, you know, it's like the other side of the modern business leader that we call it. And so, you know, we're now trying to create this content that, you know, touches every part of you, um, you know, not just kind of like the business and finance focused brain. And we're starting to have a lot of fun with, you know, some of that content too.
2: You're probably getting exposed to a demographic of people that are already motivated. They obviously are wanting to get their news, especially business news. We know that, you know, that it's already a group that is, um, active and pursuing career goals um and there's probably some insight you're not on the analytics team but what can you tell us about motivation from a a nugget a little kind of looking under the hood as far as content consumed or habits open rates or anything that you you can share from a, a data perspective that could give us an inkling into motivation from from the newsletter model, I've, yeah. I it fascinates me. Uh, are there specific articles that can can uh, a little bit more clickbaity because that's what's going to lead people, you know, like anything like that? I would be fascinated to hear about.
0: Yeah, I'll um, I'll, I'll give you, I'll give you a few a few of those nuggets, and you'll you'll stop me before I nerd out too much on some of these things. Oh, so
1: both of us, you can never nerd out too much. Yeah.
0: <laughs> excellent. Yes, I felt I felt like I was home with, with this group. <laughs> Um, so, you know, Morning Brew, the daily newsletter goes out to 2.7 million people every day. We have a 40% um, open rate, which means over a million people actually read it every day. That is a, the, the coolest thing in the world to be talking about because we see that as a quantity of quality. All of the industry focused newsletters have open rates of even higher than 40%. And so if you think about that as consistency, people come to us as a habit. And that's a very engaged, very motivated audience. We get hundreds, sometimes in the thousands of people hitting reply to those emails to actually have a conversation with our writers and editors. We get some people hitting reply because they they enjoyed the the copy for the ad. Which is like another very crazy thing that I don't think happens in a lot of other media companies. Um, We get emails back from people like, especially on the, you know, the industry focused publications that they literally say, thank you for writing this. This made me better at my job. And like that type of also, you know, qual feedback is incredible. And it's like, if you, if you, you know, you feed that back into morning brew and for purpose, like it's working, like what what we're doing is working. People are loving this. They're entertained and they're getting smarter. Um, And for us, that's, you know, that that's kind of everything. Um, and I mean, it's that, that, like, I feel like th- those few things are incredible. And then, you know, in terms of, I- I'll, I'll say click baby back, but we, you know, don't, don't always use that term. Um, but where we see like a lot of engagement.
2: I should have said engagement. I should have said <laughs> I, I'm, sla- I'm slapping myself on that's, the wrist. It's that's all good. It's all good.
0: Podcast. <laughs> um, we, uh, you know. Sorry, Dahlia, what'd you say?
1: I'm okay with clickbaity.
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, we, be, the, the coolest thing for us is because we have um, such a, an, also in, actually engaged audience, like on Twitter, for example, like we have a very strong social game and so we're able to take some content and see how our audience is reacting on a very regular basis. We're able to create content and threads and memes that don't exist in the newsletter. Um, but like when we, when we touch on like what happened with GameStop, when we touch on like what Elon Musk and Bitcoin have to say, like when we, when we touch on like zeitgeisty things, our audience explodes on social. And that's a very interesting thing and a lot of power for us to wield. But it's very important that we don't just dive, you know, headfirst into, you know, VC Fin, you know, fintech Twitter that were also like with GameStop, yes, we had some incredible memes. But what we also had were explainers and threads that were really smart. And because our audience was already living there, we're creating that content that is, you know, endemic and organic to Twitter. And so people can see Morning Brew as that educational and engaging brand, not needing to necessarily come to us on our website through the newsletter. Um, And we've seen similar success with like NFTs and, you know, a lot of, you know, a lot of crypto stuff and what the rules are around inflation. And so we're, we're starting to really learn and understand that, you know, the next stage of morning brew is when we talked about media company earlier, it's like, even the evolution of that is, you know, distributed media and distributed content so that we have, Media that lives on the newsletter. We have media that lives on our site. We have media that lives native to social, and we're getting to deliver that directly to wherever our audience is at any given time, and not needing to drive them elsewhere.
2: We've talked a lot about um, the product and and obviously your role at Morning Brew, but at a more personal level obviously last year was only your second year on the job, right? So, and everyone's had the same collective global experience with the pandemic. How, how do you stay motivated? What is your rising grind and, and how have you been able to kind of, aside from on the work front, which obviously has been going really well at a more personal level? Uh, what are some of your hacks?
0: Yeah. Um, one, I mean, one of my hacks is that I am, I love, I love, media like not not like from a professional sense like you know my it it has it's it's part of like my personality and what i enjoy talking about as well and so when you have your you know your personal and professional passions align that's a tremendous hack um and so like i enjoy that and actually my wife is also in media and so you know that's cool because you know we're, we're able to talk about those kinds of things too and um we both really enjoy it we have a a baby on the way actually she's uh we have a baby girl arriving in a couple of weeks um and so thank you uh so that's like another thing that like i get very excited about and like i i don't know that that like motivates me also um i just like have you know all all senses of kind of like life and excitement around that too um so that's that's a, a very fortunate um, you know, kind of hack. Um, but, but yeah, it's, um, it's, it's great. And it's, uh, yeah, it's, it's hard to overstate how lucky I feel that the first thing that I was really talking about, like when, when your personal and professional passions, you know, combine, and with morning brew, whenever I tell someone that like I work at morning brew, they say, oh my God, that's so cool. I love morning brew. I cannot hear that enough times. Like that is, that, that is, I mean, that's like rise and grind and now I'm like, you know, that, that's like a, you know, a, a red eye triple espresso, you know, shot, you know, in that cup. That's, you know, that's how that feels every time. And then like for, to, for my friends to all know and be rooting for you and loving the product. And then on the sales side, like when we go into partners and they're wearing morning brew swag and they're, you know, they're loving morning brew and it's like, I've never been in a, a revenue role or a sales role where people are like already, they're, they're rooting for you.
2: I guess like, I'll rephrase that question. You started off telling us about collecting dots before you connect dots which i think is really wise because i see a lot of people trying to connect dots but they haven't collected enough dots in the first place to be connecting anything what are you doing in in this period of time to collect Mm. more dots
0: that is a great question
2: collect more experiences
0: it's 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 been hard Um, you know i think outside of you know reading some books here and there, watching a lot of TV, um, and I think that that's not a bad thing because it you know gives you more points of kind of like discussion with different kinds of people. Um, I take a more kind of like active approach to some of those things because like normally I would be going out and networking, I would be going to conferences, I would be like doing a lot of those kinds of things so that I can collect those you know those people and experiences, and this has put such a focus on doing you know doing things like this and getting on clubhouse and like Dalia has like meeting dahlia and you know doing our email marketing thing every wednesday and you know i try i've gotten more active on twitter and as a result actually have a larger network and do communicate a lot with new people around different ideas on that platform i do that also on linkedin um and that's like that's been a very cool thing. Like there are a lot of tools where if you invest like a little bit of your time, you do start to learn about more things. You do get connected to people. And even though they're virtual, like that's where we're at right now. And it's, it's not terrible. Like you can, there is a way to make the most of that.
1: Jason, can you leave us with some words of motivation for our audience?
0: Oh my goodness, words of motivation for, for the audience. Leadership and motivation is really, really hard. And it is not just okay to do to do it lip service. And if you are leading an organization and trying to get people to do something, like you need to lead by example, and that is not just from a doing, but that is the passion that you show for a brand, for your team, that is the compassion that you show for your team, the empathy that we talked about earlier, the excitement, the, the preparation, Every single thing that you want out of your people, I think as a good leader, you need to be doing yourself. And when the words match the actions, I think that's really when you get magic.
2: Love it. This is and- great. And Jason's got some nice little nuggets, a few articles that you um, have uh, published on LinkedIn that are worth a read. So uh, listeners should head over to Jason's profile on LinkedIn and also follow us on LinkedIn, the Motivated Podcast, of course. And uh, this was a really good conversation. And one thing I took from it is that you have a lot of passion for Morning Brew, and they could not have picked a better person to lead brand partnerships. Thank you. Alex was a wise man. Whatever he was drinking that night in whatever bar that was, um led to a good result.
1: Agreed. Echoed hundred percent. Thank you so much for joining us, Jason. We so appreciate like your perspectives and how much you were open with us so thank you again and i want to thank everybody for joining us today on the motivated podcast thank you for taking the time and we couldn't be more excited for you and the birth of your baby girl this is going to be such an exciting time for you
0: No, dahlia thank you so much pablo thank you so much um it this was I, i had such a fun time and you guys have a great podcast and Dolly, it was great to finally see you. I right know, Pablo. It was great you. to meet you. Um, I, I hope we get to do something like this not only again here, but in 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 real life at some point.
1: Agreed, definitely. And we're we're already starting to talk about what that could look like. So we're excited exactly. for that. Hi, Jason. Have a Take great and thank you again.
0: You too. Bye guys. Bye.
1: Thanks so much for tuning in. Be sure to subscribe to the Motivated Podcast and also stay tuned on LinkedIn and Instagram for some behind the scenes and extra updates.